Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through His Word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now, let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new week, brand new episode. I'm glad you're here with me today. Last week, we studied the parable of the prodigal son. Such amazing parable. A wonderful image of God, isn't it? He is so full of grace, mercy, compassion, love, and forgiveness. So awesome. So with that, we have two new parables that we're going to dive into today. We'll be in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. The parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the costly pearl. So, Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. I know what you're thinking. Three verses? That's it? Yes, but there is so much deep spiritual truth that we're going to uncover. I'm so excited about today. So, let's go ahead and start in verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Pretty simple, clear cut to the point, isn't it? So let's, first off, we're going to uncover what this parable means. So the hidden treasure and the pearl both have identical meaning. So they're both the same, just told in two different ways. But the hidden treasure and pearl is salvation that is found in Jesus Christ alone. This is hidden from most people, but to the people who find it, the value is incalculable. And as a result, they give up everything to have it. Now, let me ask you this. Can you imagine finding such a treasure or pearl? Let me give you a few examples. The Saddle Ridge Hoard happened in California in 2013. A couple were walking their dog, and they stumbled upon a metal can, which had been filled with gold coins dating back to 1847 to about 1894. This discovery led to seven other cans filled with gold coins. An estimated worth is about $10 million. And I have another one to top this for the biggest pearl ever found. Are you ready for this? The biggest pearl ever found was in the Philippines weighing at 81 pounds and is one foot wide by two foot long. Yes, you heard me. Its estimated value is roughly about $100 million. I can't even imagine what that would even be like. And the funny thing is, the first story I told you about with that couple that was walking their dog, 
and they just stumbled upon a can. That moment changed their lives forever. Now, Jesus is not talking about monetary things. He's not talking about material possessions here. He's not talking about wealth. Jesus, with these two parables, Jesus is saying that salvation is priceless. An amount that can never be measured. Isn't it crazy to think that rocks, stones, and metals can be that valuable? And what do we put our hope in? I have to tell you, the other day, I was at the store, and in this store, they have a section where you can ship some things out, mail some envelopes. And the checkout counter to the left has an area with lottery tickets. So I was waiting for this person in line, being patient, being gracious. And the person in front of me was taking quite a bit of time, but I was okay with it. And I kept hearing these people coming up over and over and over and over again, asking for lottery tickets. They want to hit the lottery. They want to hit it big. They want all their problems to go away if they get all this money. If I hit the lottery, all my problems are solved. The reality is that most of the time when people hit the lottery, they're filled with depression. They are filled with people in their lives that are trying to take advantage of them or trying to scalp some money off of them. And you don't know who to trust. So sometimes that life isn't all it's hyped up to be. But we're going to break this down into three parts. Part number one, you hear my paper rolling here. Part number one, the treasure is hidden by God. I hope you have your Bibles with me because we're going to get a little bit of a workout in going through our Bibles. So I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I'm going there right now myself. I haven't done this in a while, but I used to say, bonus points if you can beat me. So 1 Corinthians 2.14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So what does this mean? If you're outside of Christ, you're not going to be able to understand these things. You cannot. You have to be in Christ. The Holy Spirit has to be in you in order for you to understand these things. So let's jump back of one chapter here to 1 Corinthians 1, verse 20 and 21. So listen to this. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Now we're going to jump one more chapter ahead again. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, a few verses back from the first text we looked at, 
So we were, we just looked at 1 Corinthians 2.14. Now we're going back to 1 Corinthians 2.7. Now, this is what it says. Listen to this. 7 and 8. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I think it's fairly obvious through Scripture that the wisest of the wise, the scholars, the politicians, the scientists, they cannot understand the mystery of God, His truth and salvation in Christ. They can't understand it. They can superficially get it, but spiritually they cannot because they are spiritually blind. And the only way to remedy spiritual blindness is to have your spirit awakened or made alive by God in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. And how does this come by? We talked about it many times in the show, and we're going to talk about it again because it's so important. So the first thing is we need to be drawn by God. That can be found in John chapter 6, verse 44. So we need to be drawn by God. Two, we need to hear Christ's words. We need to hear his words, his teaching. And you might recall in 2 Timothy 3, it says this, that all Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. So these words here are of Christ and of God and of the Holy Spirit. They're three in one. So we hear his words. Number three, we, we repent with godly sorrow. And number four, putting our complete trust and faith in Christ Jesus alone. Now let us look at part two. Part two is hidden treasure is revealed to Christ's followers. Please turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. Colossians, chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. This is what it says. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Okay. So, the mystery, the hidden treasure, is Christ. The mystery of God that was hidden and was unknown is Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures, listen to this, of wisdom and knowledge, how to obey God, how to please Him, how to pursue holiness and righteousness. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. Now let's go back one chapter. Colossians 1, 25-27. Listen to this. This stuff gets me so fired up. Listen to this. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me 
for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the Word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to His saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of His mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. So listen to this. This mystery has been manifested to the saints. We know him. It's not a mystery to us anymore. And you know the beautiful part about this? Look at the end of verse 27, which is Christ in you. Christ lives in us. Isn't that amazing? He lives within us. And he lives through us. And he reminds us of the things that he spoke in his teachings, in his love, in his grace and mercy. That's such an amazing, amazing truth. Now let's segue to Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. Matthew, the 13th chapter, 11th verse. This is what it says. Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Jesus, right there, affirms that in order to comprehend spiritual truth, it is a gracious gift, first off, but it's a gracious gift bestowed from God the Father to those who fully believe upon His Son. Jesus is the qualifier. If you don't understand spiritual truth, you do not have the Son, and especially the Holy Spirit. And that's the only way you're able to comprehend what this book says. You can get the surface level, but not the deep spiritual truths that really transform you and conform you to the image of God's Son. So with that, let's look at the third and final part, and it's called The Search is Over. So now we need to go back to our main text, Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to be looking at verse 45. So it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. We're stopping there. Notice in verse 45, the merchant is seeking pearls. The pearls here can be thought of anything of the world. We go from pleasure to pleasure, place to place, relationship to relationship, experience to experience, and it all results in emptiness and leaves us wanting. We're never truly satisfied. We're always moving from thing to thing, aren't we? We're always doing that. But when the merchant or the person found the real treasure, salvation in Christ, 
the search was over. The treasure of Jesus himself, who he is, is immeasurably priceless. And as a result, the merchant sells everything. Well, what is that symbolic of? That is symbolic of denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him. Now, I'm going to leave you with this last piece of scripture. It is found in Philippians, the third chapter, verses 7 through 10. Philippians chapter 3. Let's go ahead and get there. This is what it says. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish, so that I may gain Christ." and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Verse 11 here, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So let's unpack that for a minute. The true treasure, look in verse 8. Go back up to verse 8. I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The knowing here is not just a superficial knowledge of him, knowing of him. It's knowing him intimately, personally. That's what he's talking about here. Because faith in Christ, he graciously imparts righteousness to us. By our faith in Jesus alone, we will attain to the resurrection from the dead. We are made spiritually alive from our spiritual dead condition. In the end, our bodies will be transformed and glorified into our heavenly bodies. So I know I said that was the last verse there, that last scripture. I'm going to give you one more because this is what we hope for, the resurrection. Not just Christ's resurrection. That's where our hope is found in. But our hope for our future, listen to our resurrection. So we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, starting with the 42nd verse going down to the 44th verse. This is what it says. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, 
it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So listen to our earthly bodies. We're going to break this up just a little bit here. Our earthly bodies are the following. Perishable, dishonor, and weakness. And if we stay outside of Christ and our trust and faith are not in him, we will have a resurrection body, but it's not going to be meant for heaven. It is going to be prepared for hell. But listen to this awesome, amazing news of what our resurrection spiritual body is going to be like if we're in Christ. This is the promise, people. Our resurrected heavenly spiritual bodies are going to be imperishable, glorious, and in power. Hallelujah. That gets me excited. Our earthly bodies are wasting away, but inwardly, we are being renewed day by day, and God's mercies are new every day. Isn't that such a wonderful promise? I want to thank you for listening today. I appreciate all of you. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless my friends.